Welcome to the first ever Hobby Slam podcast episode. I am your host, Imano, and I got my friend, the legendary Dr. Collectible here with me. He's here in Miami visiting for Miami TCG Con. Make sure you guys go check it out this weekend, October 21st and 22nd at the Miami International, or I'm sorry, Miami Airport Convention Center. I always say yeah. Miami International because of the airport name, but... You know, my guy hit me up saying, let's shoot some content. And I told him, look, I've had this idea in my head. And if there was a weekend to start it, he even said it himself, this is the weekend to do it, of course. So welcome to Miami. Welcome back to Miami. Yeah. How you feeling, man? Feeling good, man. Um, I'm feeling like, you know, Losa Vida Loca, you know. <laughs> um, I'm feeling good. I love Miami, what it's about. Um, also, just the shows that are in Florida. Uh, being involved with Florida, especially with it being cold weather out. I love it being you out pick here. the best time to come, man. It's been beautiful weather all week so far. Yeah, uh, what you was thinking, like mid eighties, right? Yeah, it's uh, been like it's been like mid sixties to mid eighties. Like the days start off in the mid sixties and usually picks up quite quick, but it's been beautiful out nonetheless, man. Yeah, uh, I, I really have enjoyed it. Also, like I said, just even with the car scene out here blooming, um, and what y'all bring with Hobby Slam, yo. The last show was incredible. So. Thank you, man. No, definitely. We, we got some. We got some nice things coming up. But before we we even announce anything, you know, like I said, Miami TCG Con this weekend. Yep. You got the Palm Beach show next month. Shout out mm. to them as well. If you aren't yes. going to that, make sure you're out there. They have over 400 tables, uh, tons of vendors, great names coming on out there. You're not gonna want to miss that. Uh, and then, you know, next year, 2024, who knows what what's in the cards? You know, we got some news coming out for Hobby Slam, but we'll get there down the line. Uh, but you know, a lot to talk about. I feel like there's, there's just so much going on in the world of sports and the hobby, yes. all that. Um, but it's Thursday, Thursday night football, man. So let's kick mm -hmm. it off. Um, we got Jacksonville, the Jaguars against the new Orleans saints at the Superdome. Mm -hmm. You got any predictions for the game? So I don't know. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be, yeah, they said happy. his knee yeah. he might be out because of his knee. So, and I'm, I'm going to say this too. They haven't been playing their best football um, even like in fantasy, it gets a little tricky now with yeah. these guys. So I, I'm going to say this, New Orleans defense has been pretty good. Um, I think they can pull it off tonight. They got Derek Carr coming back tonight. Yeah. Derek, Derek Carr is going to play. Alvin Kamara has been back and he's been playing really well ever since he got off his suspension. Yes. Michael Thomas has actually looked like Michael Thomas again. Yep. You know, he's not slant boy no more. He's looking like Michael Thomas right now. <laughs> <laughs> true that, true that. And, and you're right about Jacksonville. I feel like when you watch them play over the last few weeks, it feels like they haven't been playing with like that confidence that they should be. Um, you know, you have a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence who, who you know, was the best college quarterback, the best high school quarterback. Mm -hmm. And now he's coming in the NFL and it's been a bit of a struggle for him. Yes. But now, especially with him having injury questions, I'm sure that doesn't, a tribute to him having an uplifting in his confidence. Yeah, I I, I really think he's confident. We we seen what happened in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, where they folded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, oh that no, was, no, they were no, no, they no, won. No. They came back on the the Chargers. Yes. They yeah, they, they had all that confidence in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they had some swagger to them. Um, and also. I don't know. I I just feel like ETN, he has been playing great. Well, he was playing good last week, and then he got taken out of the game. He got hurt. So hopefully he's not. I mean, he's he's supposed yeah. to play again. So hopefully it doesn't mean he's true. he's injured. You know that he's ready to go. True that. True that. 
So and, and, and like I like Kamara. I got him on my fantasy team. Uh, held on to him. Tons of receptions with him. He's been playing phenomenal since he's come back. He's been helping my fantasy team too. <laughs> hey man, look, we draft well, bro. Draft well. So uh, just just thinking on your end, who you got winning tonight? Well, Forrest winning and score. So I mean, winning wise, I'm definitely gonna go with the Saints. It's hard not to go with the Saints. You know, Trevor Lawrence is already having health concerns. As far as is he even going to play? So then that mean means if he plays, you know, is he playing at a hundred percent? So if he's not playing at a hundred percent, I definitely have to lean toward New Orleans. They're at home. They always have a great home stand uh, with the fans out there. They provide a lot of energy. As far as their offense, it's been dynamic, and they're they're starting mm-hmm. to gain a lot of momentum. So I like to see New Orleans win. I will say, though, I feel like Thursday night games lately have been traditionally low scoring. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see a bit more scoring, though. You know me. I've been on my prize picks. Mm. So I got Derek Carr over on 1.5 touchdowns, whether it's pass, rush, or receptions. Okay. I have over on Kamara on his rush yards, which he is at... Let me see here. He's at 49 and a half rush yards. Yeah. Um, and then prize picks makes you mix in a little bit with the other team. So I got Christian Kirk over on five receptions because he's been the primary target. But yeah. I think New Orleans wins 24 to 10. 24 to 10. I still get my two touchdowns. I feel like Kamar still gets his yards and it still probably keeps the under. Because usually it's unders, over-unders are in the 40s. You know, right. that's, that's 34 points total. So I like that. Um, usually Thursday night football is pretty tricky for me in fantasy. I do try to stay away from Thursday night football games personally, but like once again, me and you, we both got Kamara playing, or you want to say Kamara, however you want to say, um, with that guy playing. How about we just call him him? Him. <laughs> Himothy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, so yeah, him, man. Um, that guy, I think he's going to be the number one player tonight. I think he's going to get a lot of yards. Um, I definitely think it's a possible touchdown. And I don't know. I'm calling it 21-14. Okay, so you got a little bit more of a a competition in play. Yeah. I I feel like if New Orleans could come in and start the game off hot, they're going to run away with it. True. And, And I think, to be honest with you, I think that scoring is going to happen in the first two quarters. And I think the defense, they I think they're gonna give up at least maybe a touchdown or two. But I haven't seen New Orleans like giving up too many points. Um I, I think they They're even, one of those under the radar teams if we're they being are, real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I'm not saying that they're standing out as like sure shot favorites to make it to the playoffs or potentially Super Bowl, but I wouldn't count them out just yet. You know, we're still kinda early into the season. We're we're just about hitting the halfway mark. You know, with Kamara now coming back and gaining his momentum and then Derek Carr actually playing solid in a, a comfortable offense. And that division? I that mean, division is wide open, exactly. It is. That's a wide open division. Um, but let's bring it on over to what's going down next week because the NBA season is back. Yes. You know, it was a crazy season last year. I feel like we saw a lot of young stars emerge um, you know, we saw some vets do what we know that they're meant to do. We saw some vets kind of fall off a little bit. And we have a lot yeah. of, you know, rumors going around heading into this next season. You know, like James Harden is supposedly about to possibly be traded to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Dame just went over to Milwaukee. Yes. It, it, it makes it feel like it's just a blank slate of what the NBA could be. So going into it, do you have any like bold takes or anything like that? Right now... And I'm definitely big on fantasy basketball as well. 
Um, for me personally, I think I might have to go with. All right, so I'm an LA fan. I feel like with the right chemistry, you do the right things and get them boys right. LeBron, even though I'm not the biggest fan, I think LeBron and AD could do something. I think they can re-trigger how AD got hurt early. He was right and comfortable for the playoffs. And then you got LeBron doing him. I think it's possible. But uh, realistically, with age and everything, I think I'm uh, going to go with I'm liking the Bucks. Celtics seem like they always going to be in it. How about the Suns? The Suns were looking nice in the preseason because now they got Bradley Beal to add next to Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Shout out to St. Louis, Bradley Beal. That guy, I mean, literally now you're just pulling the trigger on everyone. You don't know if Booker is going to pull Your third option Durant. is Bradley Beal. <laughs> your third option is Bradley Beal. Yeah. <laughs> like guy who could just drop 45 on your head out of nowhere. Easily. Like, easily, man. And the way he took over for Washington and what he did for that organization, I'm pretty sure he's going to bring the same thing with the Suns. Um I'm hoping that they all find common ground. Just if it comes to that point, couple seconds on the clock, who's going to hit that last shot? Everyone should feel comfortable, uh, well, comfortable about everyone hitting that shot. So, yeah, the Suns. I, I think That's honestly a good question, though. Like, who would you give that last shot to? Because they're all, obviously, all three of them are shooters. Right. Right? But then it's like, which one of them is now the leader? Is it Durant because he's the vet? Is it Book because Book was there first, or is it Beal because Beal's kind of cold-blooded in those moments? He did that in Washington. True. Looking back, I'm trusting usually the veterans or sometimes the leaders, sometimes the guys that are creeping up. Well, they're all vets at this point. I will give the ball personally Durant all day. He has the height. He has everything. I expect Bradley Beal and um, Devin Booker to shoot their way up out of anything. Yo, if I need you to put up 40 tonight, put up 40. Kevin might have like 20 points, but he might end up hitting that last shot. I, I could respect that choice. I'm going to disagree respectfully, though. No problem. So, look, Book has some nice shots on him. I'm probably giving that last shot to Bradley Beal, though. I feel like he knows how to bring the game to his tempo, mm -hmm. and it's perfect for those closing moments. It's what's made him so successful with them in the past. It doesn't take anything away from Durant or Book because you could go with any of these three players for that final True. shot. But I just feel like Bradley Beal knows how to bring the game to him in those final moments to make sure that he's able to come through in the clutch. Yeah, and... To think about it, even with Bradley Beal, besides him having, who was that, uh, the point guard they used to play with him? Oh, John Wall. John Wall. Him and John Wall, yeah. Yeah, they. I, I'm going to say this. He put that team on his back. Um, even with dealing with Westbrook, I think he know how to deal with characters. Yeah. Because um, he, he's not a big character. He doesn't have a big personality. Right. Like well, he's he he has a personality, but he's not like these larger than like like a Russ, like how you said, like Russ will show up in those crazy outfits, and then people yeah. make a story out of it. Like no one's gonna do that with Bradley Beal. Like he's very like he's middle ground between extravagant and under the radar. Bingo, and that's what make him a silent killer right there. Just like how you said, he's so grateful on the floor. So like you say, you're probably expecting Durant to hit the shot of Booker, but look up. Who's standing over there in the corner? Bradley Beal. Let me hit it. it it's it's going to be some scary moments in the NBA. I mean, and then you look over to the East, and now you see Milwaukee with Dame and Giannis, and 
You know, I told it to Pete the other day. I was just like, bro, that's probably the coldest duo. Like, aside from Wade and LeBron, because I don't think they fully compare to Wade and LeBron, that's right. the coldest duo since Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. Like, that's a duo that it's like either one of them can be MVP. Either one of them could be finals MVP. Either one of them can show up. Actually, you know, not even either one of them. Both of them will oh. show up and drop 40 that night. Yes. Like, that's the craziest part. And they complement each other well because Giannis is a great three-quarter player while Dame will come in and shut everybody out. Bingo. And That's scary. It, it, it is scary. And not knowing, like, Dame can just hit from anywhere on the floor. You got Giannis can move anywhere on the floor. Like, I mean, he take two steps and he's at the rim. But then you got Chris Middleton over there like, hey, I'm a silent killer too. So I think for them, it's a nice mix of what they have. I did like Drew Holiday, but a uh, great two-way player. But yeah, when when you put in, when you insert Dane, you know, Dane time. It, it just comes <laughs> to a point where it's like, all right, realism has to kick in and you have to recognize like, I love Drew Holiday. Great defender, great player, can step up at any given moment. But he's not Damian Lillard. Yeah, Dame time is a whole totally different breed. I'm going to say this too. Uh, watching Dame growing up with the Blazers and just seeing what he did with that organization, there's a few times where he didn't like, I don't know how many times he didn't like hit the game winner for a game seven or like a game six, like to knock a team out. I seen him do it with the Rockets that one time when he came around. He's the done corner. it quite a few times. He has some yeah. big moments. I mean, that one where it's just like the photo of him where he's just like, yeah, that was like, ugly, it, 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 bro. Insert that into Milwaukee. And the other thing I love is he didn't go or force his way into a big market team. Like he wanted to come to Miami, and I'm I'm sad he didn't come to Miami. Yeah, I heard about that. One. But I'm not too upset he went to Milwaukee because it's like, yeah, he could have probably gone to the Lakers. Probably got could have gotten traded to the Knicks. Probably could have yeah. gotten before Beal happened traded to Phoenix or something like that. He went to Milwaukee, and that's something I do like because like not everybody would make that their first choice, even though Giannis is there. Yeah, small market became big market. Uh, shout out to Denver as well. Small market became big market. Um, yeah, they might not be the most attractive teams or most uh, attractive places to play, you know, just like L.A. or, you know, New York, Miami. But I would say this, though. You do well with these um, bargaining agreements and things that nature that they have going on in NBA. It look like the talent is well rounded. So yeah, and then I I, I kind of like the idea too that I don't think either of them looks at it as like a one two combination with him and Giannis. I think they just look at it as equal. Like yes. that's it. They just look at each other just like equal. Like we both can go and lead these guys to another title right now. That's scary when I can just pass you the ball and be okay, and, and I can sleep at night knowing if you miss that shot. Okay, I'm cool with that. Like, I, I think it's going to be that type of relationship. You know what I'm saying? I will hope uh, it will make it easier and the pressure on each other to, you know what I'm saying, not be mounted on who's going to have the ball last. So, I say for me, I, I, I think they got a good chance to even run in the East. But, once again, there's a lot of talent out there. I like Sabonis, too. Um, yeah, with the, the Kings are also a team on the West to look out for, man. They they yeah. put up a big fight last year heading into the playoffs. Who knows what they could do again now heading into this year. The NBA season is always an exciting time, especially down here in Miami. Yes. Um, but another exciting time that's currently going on is the MLB playoffs. 
And if we want to intertwine this now into the hobby, the thing that people are starting to get excited for is this whole Taco Fractor situation. Yes. And that when Topps released 2023 Topps Chrome Baseball, they dropped a new parallel called the Taco Fractor. It was limited to five, each of those cards that were on that checklist. Um, and now recently Taco Bell and Tops collaborated to announce that if you have a Taco Fractor card and that player on the card that you own makes it to the World Series and they are the first player to steal a base in the World Series, you and the four other people who own those five cards will win free tacos for life in the form of a $15,000 Taco Bell gift card, which if you spend $20 at Taco Bell, you know that buys you probably a week's worth of food. Yes. Imagine what $15,000 at Taco Bell will buy you. That's a lot of tacos. Bingo. That is a lot. Um, I, I think what Top's doing with that is is creative, is bringing um, culture to the hobby as well. Like, you know, just a food product being brought up. Yeah, Taco Bell's always kind of like been a staple. Because like now, now yeah. when you look at... <laughs> Who's being marketed toward, right? Usually the general marketing age is like 18 to 35 because usually those are the ages that also influence the younger ages. So it's like that's always the primary target of anybody's marketing unless you're, you know, geared toward a certain group of people. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about who is the hobby being geared toward, who who is Taco Bell trying to, you know, target that's going to go in there and go and buy food? It's that age group. So it's like the cool part about it is, is – that's always been a staple of like our generation is Taco Bell, yep. right? Like when I was in high school, like after the movies, you know, you'd go right over to the Taco right Bell next door and you're getting some Taco Bell with your friends because you guys knew you could pitch together that $20 and buy a week's worth of food for a village. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like man. that's what we would do. So I feel like it's just so cool that Tops is going above and beyond to partner with companies like Taco Bell, mainstream companies yep. to bring more eyes to it, right? Because- Taco Bell's already been doing this where it's like, oh, you know, this player stole a base and like now people are earning tacos. Now Mm -hmm. it's targeting the hobby and it's expanding Mm -hmm. also those people who are watching the World Series to realize they just announced you could win free tacos if you buy these cards. Now these people who may not have bought cards before are now going into the stores and buying blasters at 2023 Topps Chrome, hoping that they could hit a taco fractor and win themselves some tacos. Bingo. I I, I see it. And it's not like... it's not all the way designed. Like, it just, it happened. It's like a a mix of, like, a chemical explosion and everything is working for itself. The same way I see, like, Taylor Swift and all of a sudden, you know, Travis Kelsey jerseys just sell just, and there's a lot of Swifties out there getting hooked on the NFL. Every Chiefs so. game has gone up in viewership because <laughs> Taylor Swift has been there. Yeah, so when you're incorporating, you know, um, something for the younger culture, which is Taco Bell, you know, for that college student or whether if it's a kid or whatnot. And or even that single parent yeah. just bringing their kid through the drive-thru real yes. quick before school, getting some Taco Bell breakfast. Bingo. Uh, I remember them times you're talking about the Mexican pizza for me was love, man. <laughs> like, you know, the Mexican pizza, yeah, man. So growing up, just getting that whole little culture, especially now it's entwining with sports cards. And and I got to ask you, too, who you think is going to pull it off? So, I mean, now we know we're down to four teams. We got right. Houston. We got Texas, which that series is at two to one right now. Mm-hmm. You have Arizona. You have Philly, which that is currently at two zero. And we have the other game tonight, which, you know, by the time people watch this is down the line. But anyway, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's looking like it's going to be the Rangers Phillies. Mm. And 
which that case, I'm not sure who has home field advantage. But I'll be honest, I'm leaning toward a Philly being the first person to steal a base. All right. Because I feel like they would be the visitors. I, I believe the AL might have won the All-Star game. So I think that's what gives home field advantage. I got to double check. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could absolutely okay, be okay, wrong okay. before people are commenting on the post and trying to, you know, set me on fire over that. <laughs> but <laughs> I would probably say it's got to be like Trey Turner. Because Trey Turner, he's he's on this streak right now with stealing bases where he's like, I think he's like 32 for 32 on his last, you know, 32 mm-hmm. attempts or something like that, which mm-hmm. is a, a record that's pretty high up there. Yeah. But if I have to lean toward it being someone on the Rangers, I'd probably go Evan Carter, which he doesn't have a taco fractor, right. which means that someone with the wild card would win it because they also have the wild card taco fractor where mm-hmm. if someone steals the base that isn't on a card and you have the wild card, you win. So after looking at the odds right now, who you think could see getting it? Me personally, I think I think wild card has like a 50% chance. Wild card definitely has the best chance. Right. And... I mean, when you're talking about Trey Turner and when you look at statistics and the numbers, it just add up going his way. So what I what are the odds that could possibly, yo, Trey Turner doesn't get that that first deal? I mean, it's def it's definitely high up there. Like the odd the odds of him yeah. hitting the taco fractor versus him not are <laughs> more against him than ever. Yes. But if I were to single out a player, I'm probably choosing him because he knows what it takes to steal a bit. I mean, like I said, he's on a streak of like 32 straight bases that he's stolen or that it's like on the season that he hasn't missed an attempt. So I, I would say if it's anybody, it's got to be him. I got a question. I know some players don't care, but do you think he has it in the back of his head? Yo, I could possibly be able to get somebody Taco Bell. The same way football you know, you might reach out to that player. Hey, man, do good today. Like, like Austin Eckler, he cares about his fancy football. Like, I'm gonna try to do good for for y'all. You know, he he know people. I, but I think him. that's such a different spectrum when it's like fantasy football versus because fantasy football that's like a known thing. Yeah. Right. Like people know, like guys are gonna get into fantasy football every year, <laughs> and the players have grown to accept that. You know, like and then you have players like Lamar who don't want anything to do with that. Like he plays like I don't care about your fantasy, your parlays, or none of that. I'm here to win. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to win, man. So like, when I think of fantasy football, and now that that's fully recognized and that took some time for it to be fully recognized even by True. the players. I don't know. I mean like I would if you were to tell me like is a collector athlete such as like Mike Trout or Bobby Witt, you know, do they have it in the back of their mind? I would say that that's a good possibility. Do I think Trey Turner yeah. actually has in his mind I could win someone $15,000 worth of tacos right now? Like I don't know. It's yeah. <laughs> it's possible. I'm not going to say it's a 0% chance, but I'd probably say it's under 10% chance that he actually knows that. After, yeah, kind of thinking about it now, it's like, okay, if it's regular season, but then it's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, someone at that point might I have to it. tweet at him and let him know that, <laughs> yo, you might win me some tacos, bro. Like, yo, bro. Go win me some tacos. tacos. Yeah. Or I'm going to be an upset fan. True that, man. I I definitely think it's uh it's a good exposure for everyone that's involved. Once again, from the MLB to the players, Taco Bell, Tops. It's 
like I say, it's just a chemical reaction, a dope explosion. That's well, I mean, on. like you remember in semi pro, right? When when the guy hit the full court shot. Hot dogs, hot, hot dogs, dogs for everybody. <laughs> yes, classic. And the bro. whole stadium was going crazy. Like that is, you're not wrong. It's like there's a there's a chemical formula when free food is on the line that one it tastes better. Free food always tastes better. Yes, you can't tell me that that's wrong. There's something yes. that it's just like you could throw the plate of food on the floor and like just be like, this was free though. And I'm probably gonna still tell you, hey, that's probably the best hamburger I ever had right there. You know what? I, I'm not even a Big Mac fan for, for McDonald's. I'm not a Big Mac guy. But back in the day when Mark McGuire was playing in St. Louis, <laughs> if he hits that ball at Big at was it Big Mac land, yeah. he hits it right in there in which that was his spot. Yo, I think I would eat a Big Mac that day. All right, so I when I was a kid, <laughs> I grew up when that battle was going on between him and Sammy Sosa. Right. And I didn't know what a Big Mac was until they were, like, presenting it, like, with Mark McGuire. And I used to think they made it because of Mark McGuire. And then someone was like, nah, that was around before, like, yeah, he was ever was Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> facts, man. Uh, it, it was a, definitely a good era of, like, baseball. And I think, you know, just incorporating food and sports. Oh, I feel I feel like we're we're now coming back to that, right? It's like how mm -hmm. crazy things come back full circle. It's like look at that. Like we're talking about back in what is that? That's like 97, 98. Yep. So you're talking about 25 years ago. 25 yeah. years ago, there was an incentive where if a player did something great, you're getting some food out of it or you would enjoy the food so much more because of it. Now here we are, 2023, talking about how tacos, sports cards, and baseball could change somebody's stomach, I guess. I don't want to say it change yeah. your life, but hey, it'll change I, your stomach it, for the better. It could it I could think. possibly change a life. You never know. Somebody hey could be hungry. We never yeah. know somebody's situation on who has some cars. We don't know their situation. So but for tops to do that. We appreciate it. It makes you excited to see what, what does Tops have in store for the future. I mean, especially seeing like how Michael Rubin, you know, he's bringing in all these new athletes and influencers and celebrities into the space. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to actually ask you this. Is there somebody in specific you would like to see Michael Rubin incorporate into the hobby? Because, you know, we yeah. saw it on, on Rips Night. But what was it? Kevin Hart, Tom Brady, yes. Travis Scott. Yes. Um, he's been touching a lot of individuals. Um, what he's able to do with just with the reform, and then on top of that, fanatics. He has brought so many individuals into this hobby. Um, and even if they was in the hobby, he's highlighting this. If there's one person right now. I'm not sure if he ain't even ripped a pack with that person yet. I mean, I don't know. Has he done any work with Obama yet? I like. Has he? I don't with think Obama? so. But that would be crazy to get a president in on it. Just yeah. to at least like get a video of Obama ripping a pack. Like that would be cool. I'd probably <laughs> yeah. go with Jay Z. Yeah. Because like I yeah. mean, it's just like at that point, it's like a upper echelon kind of thing. Like that's like god tier. Yeah. Like, I mean, when he brought Tom Brady in, that's huge. But Tom Brady's an athlete, so it's like he's already kind of incorporated into it because he has cards out. Jay-Z has cards out, but it's like, how many times have you seen, like, Jay-Z with one of his cards? How many times have you seen him opening a pack of the cards that he may be in? Yeah. You know, like, that, in my opinion, would be really cool because then it kind of just brings this whole new layer of 
you know, it's just like there, there's like the class almost to it in a way. Yeah. Like, up, like I said, upper echelon is like just the way to put it. Like, it's like asking for filet mignon at Ruth's Chris, you know, like you just know it's like this is a whole different level of service, style, taste, like all that. It's like this is this is a new level of it. You're experiencing now something. Any Yeah. Anytime you put in the conversation, I've heard this question plenty of times, even in rap songs. Um, would you rather have a half a million dollars or would you rather have dinner with Jay-Z? Well, you saw someone actually told him their answer to his face, right? No. Yeah, I, so someone just saw Jay-Z and they're like, hey, ho, you know I'm taking that 500000 right? <laughs> and Jay-Z dapped them up because I know he didn't say it, but he looked mm-hmm. at them in the eyes like, you're the smart one. Bingo, man. I, like, you, you got to take the cash. And then on top of that, I mean, sure, you get the cash then. Well, if you, if you could get the cash and flip it and become something great with it, like how Jay-Z did, yeah, Jay-Z's going to show up to your dinner anyway. Bingo. And at the end of the day, if I'm being real, an appearance by Jay-Z is probably around that price. He gets paid like near a million dollars for his performances. I'm, I can only imagine how much it is for him just to show up and have dinner with somebody. Probably yeah. up there, but 500000 still is like still sounds like it's a bit nicer. True that. What question? If you had won the the billion dollars in the lottery, would you pay that million to have that dinner? Would I pay a million to have a dinner with him? If you want to admit, well, I mean, well, like well a, I'm saying it's like a million for him to perform. Is he gonna then you know, like after <laughs> him and I break bread? Is he gonna get up and just start performing the black album top to bottom for me real quick? Say, say a whole fade to black. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I, I wish that's a lot of money, but. To that standpoint, it's like, yeah. I, I, I'll i put it this way. I got a hoodie that says can't buy respect. Uh, okay. I'd rather earn Jay-Z's respect than, than pay for his presence. Bingo. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. like And, and that's, you're talking about something, Jay-Z's my favorite rapper. Like, I would, I would love to have a dinner with Jay-Z, but I'm not going to do it if I have to pay for it and it's not a genuine thing. Like, I would want it to be like a genuine experience where like, I truly can absorb and he wants to be there like providing game or like, you know, just telling stories or whatever the case is. So not even thinking that wouldn't would that almost feel like an insult? I don't know. Hold on. No. That would probably feel more like an insult to Jay-Z for sure. What, like having to pay him to come and have dinner? Yeah, like you're Well, yeah, cuz he probably feels like, or, "All right, you're paying for my time, but like do I actually want to be here? here?" Yeah, he probably yeah. feels like not really insulted, but just like I'm 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 j- I'm just here so I won't get fined right. like Marshall Lynch. <laughs> yeah, I'm Marshall. just here so I'm gonna earn this check real quick. <laughs> in and out, in and out. You know what I'm saying? Make it real yeah. slick. So yeah, that it's 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 interesting going on to that route. Um, but yeah, Jay Z is a another prominent name that would probably be dope to see him rip some of his packs. He, him ripping some of his own tops. Yeah, the tops Chrome so set 2005, 2006 uh, NBA mm-hmm. tops Chrome would absolutely be awesome to see him rip. Yes. I would love to see like how we saw AI ripping 86 Fleer. Like I would absolutely love to see Jay-Z rip 0506 Tops Chrome basketball. That would be incredible. Um, but something, I guess, because now we're talking about music in a way, mm-hmm. we're starting to see a lot of alternative assets come into play more and more. Uh, yes. You know, we recently saw Pete Davidson admit that he has a VHS collection. 
You know, I, I know you work closer with like grading companies that grade vinyls. Mm-hmm. We see VHSs that are now getting graded, video games getting graded, uh, CDs, all kinds of different things. Do you feel like there's more room for the alternative asset market to grow, especially like yourself coming out of like the music business with dancing and, and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you see that there's room for it to grow and be accepted? Or do you think this is, a, you know, a push a little bit more than the hobby could chew? Um, I must say as a collector and a collector that collects a lot of stuff, like collectibles. I believe anything could be a collectible. If you can call something an antique if by the time you get old. If you, have, if you have personal yeah. sentimental value in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's a presence for these items. Something I seen recently was um, Best Buy is going to yeah, end. After, after the yeah. year ends, no more DVDs or CDs. No more. So when you're talking about that, it's like, okay. This is now becoming classic. This is now becoming something that you cannot grab or scarce. Yeah, it's scarce. It's not as easily obtainable, which creates rarity. And for that, I think that helps the collectible market um, when something becomes rare. Vinyls, like tune in grading, I think is great of what they're doing because now. And I know people be like, hey, why would you, you know, capsulize, you know, a vinyl when you can listen to it? It's a difference. It's almost like me collecting a car or cars and I don't drive them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a decent in like part. a showroom. Arena Club. They got the same thing. A showroom for your cars. Like, it, I think people need to like open up their mindset of what could be a collectible. It's not just only sports cars. Well, people forget when they walk into a museum, you know, these things are being preserved. That's the key word here. It's like you're pres- you're preserving it. Yes. You know, you're preserving it in its condition, in, in all of its glory. Because, like, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you have, um, trying to think of, like, an album off the top of my head. But let's just go with... I often to say Jay Z, Dead President. I was trying to go a little older than that. I was, I was probably going to go oh, with like, like, go. like Hendrix, Axis, Bold as Love. Oh, right. Let's okay. say you had because you want to talk about like original vinyls, like way back. Okay. Let's say you had that. Like I have Bold as Love literally tattooed on my arm. Like for mm-hmm. me, like if I had the original copy of that still sealed, mm-hmm. and then someone told me, "Well, you can encapsulate and make sure it stays in that condition." I would probably do it because I already know I could go on my phone and listen to the album. That's not the issue. True. And in all honesty, it doesn't really sound that much more different between vinyl or me putting on my headphones. It probably sounds better on my headphones at this point because now they have spatial audio and all these different things. Yep. But it's preserving something that people can't get their hands on anymore. Like we said, that rarity, it's preser- it's preserving what once was. Yep. Um, something that I do with sports cards and when you look at it at that sense when i only collect kobe i try to collect a lot of pop one why because kobe Bryant got so many autographs out there um there's thousands yeah. of cards in general yeah but which ones can people have a hard time finding because that's what i want i want to put myself up to that challenge mm-hmm. obtain that and hold on to it forever bingo so when you're putting it at the standpoint of CDs, vinyls, VHSs, 
and you're talking about sports cars just crack the surface. I, I don't think we're, I think we hit a peak. Well, you know, you know that peak that everyone talks about like four years ago where, okay, we were just peaking up sports cars, just peaking. That was just sports cars. Now you got DVDs where, you know, that was it. Pete, da- was that Pete Davidson? Yeah, Pete Davidson. He was saying that he has some VHSs that are worth around twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 sealed and graded. Just imagine to the person that sees the Goonies sealed in mint condition and they that they that movie brings them so many memories as even a kid, how they felt when they first watched it. I'll it's a you, lot to go into it. I'll hit you with one. How about one of those orange VHS Nickelodeon tapes from back in the nineties? Lord. Oh man. You see what I mean? But you see how in like your head, like you just automatically you're like, yo, no way. <laughs> the rug rats. Um yep. I had the book. I had the movie. Um the VHS. I, I I even said this um a while back. I had Titanic. Uh, VHS. I thought it was so cool to have Titanic because of the simple fact it was two VHS. Like not only you had the pop one, I remember you pop that the other one. My in. neighbor used to have it. And I remember that. Yeah, it would like end like halfway through. Like it would kind of like just like fade out, and then boom, you got to go pop in the other one. Yes, man. Um, they don't make them like that anymore. Even with DVDs, I'm gonna say this. My first DVD I ever watched, and I know it's kind of random because we talking about all type of collectibles in the RAM. My first DVD I watched was Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Um, I remember my uncle bringing that over. Uh, I think it was like Thanksgiving or Christmas. Christmas. You know, everybody bring the stuff out. Mm-hmm. Brought it to the back rooms. I'm finna hook this up. You ever heard of DVD? I was like, no, I ain't never heard of that. I'm a kid, you know what I'm saying? He your popped uncle, that thing in. Your uncle was showing up in his flip-flops and his bottle and, yes. and ready to change everybody's lives with DVDs, man. <laughs> that one uncle. Everybody had that one Yo, uncle. I watched deleted scenes or like I, I ain't gonna lie the when I first seen DVD it was incredible because you had the movie selection of different pieces that you can go into without even having to fast the chapters, forward or rewind. when they had the chapters chapters skip through the chapters yes yep. the bonus <laughs> features you know you got the bonus features to you know deleted scenes like you really get the whole just the RAM of the uh, of the whole movie and just getting that on DVD compared to not having to be able to get that on VHS. Two different completely worlds, but it gives you that space, that time. I Like, I remember when I first watched the DVD, so. Yeah. I think for the whole RAM of, like, you know, vinyl, CDs, uh, comic books, cars, um... I think anything can be a collectible. I, I saw a saying once that said the top of one mountain is the bottom of another. Mm. And I think that's really like where the hobby's at is like we reach the top of this one mountain. And I'm not even saying like it's truly the top, but like yeah. I feel like our mountain is still continuing. Right. It's right. like we probably just reached like a temporary flat surface. And while we walk across it to mm. get to the next point of starting our next excursion. You know, to to trying to grow this space. I mean, this is one of the beautiful things, though, going back to even like Michael Rubin, that we have these now big names reaching in with their their big reach. Yes. You know, and in that one swoop of grabbing the hobby, they're bringing in so many more people and celebrities and influencers and all kinds of things that could just keep this thing growing. 
So we're really just scratching the surface on so much. I, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, you know, as somebody that loves music and loves movies, you know, mm -hmm. would come home, watch HBO for hours on end. Me too. It's cool to see the different things that you can collect. You know, like going to National and like seeing Tupac exhibits that have like Tupac CDs, Tupac articles of clothing, uh, you know, Tupac signed papers, all these different things. And then looking to your left and then there's a Michael Jordan exhibit with, you know, 20, 25 PSA 10 rookies of Michael Jordan. You know, like that to me is awesome because it shows you the viewpoint and the reach of how far this hobby still is yet to go. Yep. I think that's what we're there. Well, I think that's what we're heading. I think we're also in shows that I've seen, like the National or whether it's Burbank and things of that nature. There, there's so many different shows. Hobby Slam. Everybody's bringing their A game too. Um, everybody's just not sitting back behind a table anymore. People are, you know, giving themselves. People are bringing the experience. That's what I'm noticing now with card shows. It's more of an experience. You go to a booth, um, and you might just feel like you're in your own island, which I did for me as well for the doctor office at Hobby Slam. Yo, bringing that experience. Bringing people over to have interviews, you know, not just me going out, walking around, talking to everybody. Yeah, I felt like that was just like one of the things is like there's just too much cookie cutter ideas of what happens consistently at shows. Mm. You have the one influencer walking around, you know, doing videos with as many people as they can. Mm -hmm. You have the vendors that are behind their tables that are just unwilling to budge. I, I loved that engagement got created. You know, I, I, I love that there were more vendors reaching out to me than the first Hobby Slam asking, how would you feel if I ran this giveaway at the show? Or how would you feel if I, you know, did these kinds of like special repacks at the show for people where it's like at a discounted price and they could, yes. you know, earn themselves some money how would you feel if I, I ran this special for buy one get one free on these i don't care do it if it's gonna get people engaging into the show like that's that's one of the beautiful things about being able to host a show is is creating the narrative of how the show should be you know and and if you don't ever communicate like with those vendors to kind of understand what their plan is then the show just remains as is. It's just going to be what it is a table set up someone behind it selling cards and it still works right but it's just like any other show versus, you know, like how we talk about the national. It's like, well, when I was at the national, I want people to start that off whenever they show up to hobby slam is when right. I was at hobby slam. Not that mm -hmm. I was at that show, you know, in Miami, that, 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 that show, that one, that one. Yeah. No, you're right. What it is. It, I had a very special moment at hobby slam. Uh, I think big C was a part of, there was an individual that came in. I believe he was maybe in his late fifties. And he ended up winning the giveaway, but he brought us to the side. And the first thing he said was, this is my first show. He was, I believe, Hispanic. And um, he got a chance to even speak on my channel. And the one thing, the, the few things that caught my eye with what he said, one was, this was his first show. You're... Look like you're almost about to be going into late 56 and it's your first show. Yeah, like you're you're a full grown adult and this is the first opportunity you had to be at a show. And he been collecting all his life. That amazed me. Secondly, he decided to speak out 
in Spanish as well to the reach and say, yo, we want more Hispanics into the hobby, letting people know, hey, you know, you may not see many faces of me creating content, but he's like, yo, you're welcome in the hobby. You know, you don't have to just collect and be at home um, buying on the internet all day. You can come out and experience the culture of the hobby too. What the people have to offer. People that you're buying from on eBay or Fanatics or whatever platform, Car Shop Live, whatnot, you can see them in person now. It's a different experience. So for me, man, uh, Hobby Slam definitely did that on that aspect. And to see that, let us know we just tipped the surface still with this hobby thing. And I think that's like one of the beautiful thing about like even people like yourself now becoming prominent figures in this business is like, you know, everything grows. Everything came from, you know, one one specific place, culture, whatever you want to put it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the hobby did start somewhere. But like, I think now we're starting to grow into new diverse heights that are gaining us now it's more honestly like notable recognizability across the board. You mm. know, like how you just said, like a Hispanic man reached out in Spanish to the the community mm-hmm. that he knows, letting them know we are welcome here, right? Mm-hmm. You yourself, an African-American, you know, stepped into a space where you didn't see anybody like yourself doing what you wanted to do and you created that opportunity. And then yeah. now we see more African-American influencers coming about within the business or even just collectors overall. Mm-hmm. And even like you said at Hobby Slam, like one thing I, I recognized as one of the organizers of the show mm-hmm. was we're in such a, a melting pot of cultures here in South Florida that we have the opportunity to truly do probably what no other show really has gotten to do yet. Maybe with the exception of like Burbank, you know, like Dallas, maybe somewhat, you know, because there, there's a bit of a Hispanic mm-hmm. community out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about like in Miami, you're talking about. Hispanic. You're talking about African-American. Yep. You're talking about Middle Eastern. Like we saw all the cultures because like yeah. Saturday and Sunday, you saw you saw a well mix. But then like Sunday, when Sunday hit, mm-hmm. the Orthodox Jewish community, came yep. out. you know, you're seeing the all Jewish these community other communities out. coming out and displaying their presence within this industry. Yes. And that's what we need to see more of because when you like how you said, when you include others and that gentleman reaches out to those other people and he brings them in. What are they going to do? They're going to go and tell the others so, and let them yeah. know this is this is our chance to actually make our impact. And soon we might see Hispanic, you know, hobby channels where in all Spanish they're collecting and showing. We see a big one, in, honestly, in Asia. There's a big yeah. Chinese and Japanese collecting community. Yeah, and there's a lot of streamers going, out of there. They've been going live lately, big rips. And like you say, you don't even know what they're saying. No. In person, I don't know what but they're saying. But you feel it. You feel it. You Like when they're shouting and they're in it, like just, just like you would be or myself would be, like if we're ripping, like we feel that same connection. Yes. You know, and like I, I heard a wrestler say this once when he was wrestling in Japan. He could speak English like I speak Japanese and I speak Japanese like he speaks English. But we know how to communicate anyway, mm-hmm. right? It's just that human-to-human understanding and passion. When those two things meet and they are displayed, it doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what color you are, yep. what religion or nationality or anything. like All of that goes right out the window, right? But you feel that same connection because you understand it because it came from your heart too. That's what I love about that kind of stuff. When you create these moments and opportunities for people to be able to bring their culture into a, a, a culture they love. 
Well said, man. Well said. That's that's tough. Um, it's it, it's a like I said, it's a deep conversation. It's an emotional conversation for some people as well. Um, but I want to say definitely, you explained yourself well. I loved everything, like I said about Hobby Slam. Also, the individuals that did the um, that did the video work. The oh, blogging. shout out Craig three hundred five. Shout Talk out Breezy. Yo, them two. A conversation with them guys. I see why you rock with them, and also what they do with the Rick Ross car show. Incredible. Top notch work, man. Everything they do with those cameras. Top notch work every single time. And I, I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm definitely excited for what this next show will be about, and I know y'all will be. At the right steps, at the right time, ready to let the people know what they need to know when it's time to happen. It's coming soon. The info is definitely coming soon. We know we'll be ready to release it more in depth and full, you know, to the public when the time is right. But yep. everything comes with, with patience, perseverance, and just making sure it all happens the right way when it needs to happen. But we're coming, yeah. 2024. Yes, sir. Get at us. And we appreciate everybody who tuned into the first episode of the Hobby Slam podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Imano. A big shout out to my first guest, Dr. Collectible. That's family right there. We'll be tuning on in soon, guys. So we hope you'll be doing the same with Hobby Slam.